that church, but I'm just going to welcome up the wonderful Claire to share the word this morning. She's an awesome young lady in the church, and why don't we give her all a massive hand of applause. Awesome. Well, welcome to church. Musicians, you can take your seats. You did an amazing job. Good job. So, um, I want to welcome you to church this morning. Maybe it's your first time at One Heart Church or um, your first time ever at church. I want to say welcome. We love you. We hope you enjoy the service today. How good was worship? I thought that was great. So good. If you're joining us online, hello. We miss you. Um, we hope to see you soon. Make sure you don't be a stranger in our DMs on our phone. Call us, message us. We want to love you. We want to bless you. We want to walk with you with whatever you're going through. So, we love you, everyone at home. And if you're on the podcast, hi, podcast. You can't see me, but um, yeah, hi. We love you too. Thanks for joining us um, from anywhere, like Port Lincoln or even Africa. I don't know. Anywhere. Anyway, so yeah, I'm Claire um, and I'm a part of the team here at One Heart Church. And I'm so excited to share with you this morning what's been on my heart. So after. After prayer and fasting last week, I was just praying one day and I just believe that God just put this word on my heart um, and he, he said to me, the season of suffering might be long, but it doesn't change the power of Jesus. The, the season that you're suffering through could be one day, one year, one minute. It doesn't change the power that Jesus holds in our life. So I'm just going to pray to kick us off this morning. So bow your heads with me this morning. Lord, I just thank you for being here, Lord. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love, God. I pray today that we will um, receive something new, Lord. I pray for our hearts to be open, our ears to be open to a new word, a new vision, a new desire. Lord, I just thank you for being a God who loves us so much, Lord. I pray that you're not a strange God that hides away, but you're a God that wants to be known in our lives. You're a God who wants to be, be uh, evident and visible in, in our hearts and in our, in our walk with you. So I just thank you, God, for being in this house this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us. Amen. So on the screen in a minute, there will be a title. And the title of my message this morning is going to be The Lady with the Issue of Blood. Now, I'm sure you've probably maybe heard about this before or you've read it in your devotion, but I just believe that God really put this on my heart for a reason. And I, I'm so excited to share it with you. So if you've got your Bibles here this morning, open that up to Mark chapter 5. Or if you've got your phone, feel free to flick that one open. Also, I just want to say, Great job, Shell. She's the only one in one up this morning. Let's just give Shell a round of applause. So good. I love that Shell's here every single week. She's either on multi or she's in one up and I love it. There's no, mm, I don't really feel like going this morning. She always is here. So thank you, Shell. We love you and, and you're so good. We love you so much. So anyway, let's, let's get reading this scripture. So it says this, Mark chapter five, verse 25 to 34. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she spent everything she had to pay for them, but she'd gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. 
Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? The disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had just happened to her, came and fell at her knees in front of Jesus. And she said, she told him what had happened And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, I'm no doctor, but 12 years is kind of a long time. It's not just like a, like a couple of days or a couple of, couple of years. It's 12 years. Like, I don't know, 12 years of school, it feels like that's forever. Like 12 years of having a kid, that feels like it's probably forever. I don't know. 12 years of anything, 12 years of anything is actually a really long time, right? It's, it's, it's a long, long time. And Joel, he's a doctor. He, he, Joel, it's bleeding for 12 years okay? No, exactly. Good answer. It's bleeding for, <laughs> just testing him just to make sure. Um, no, but any time that you're, she was spent bleeding, that was a precious moment. Like every single second, she was just constantly bleeding. And that is not good. That is, that is seriously not good. And I don't know what the doctors would have sent. By the time she came back for the 11th year, like... <laughs> still happening. I don't know what, what they would say, what they would have said to her. They were probably like, mm, woman, it's your 11th year. Like all the best. Good luck. Like, you know, to be honest, I'm going to be honest. She, she probably heard of things like you'll probably die from this condition. Like you just kind of got to deal with it right now. Like just live with it. Like you've lived with it for 11 years. Like, come on, what's one more year? Just, just deal with it, you know? And I don't know how I would have reacted to this. Every time I go to the doctor, I'm like, you better know what's wrong with me. Like, tell me right now. Like, I'm not like, I'm not here waiting for 12 years for someone to say, you got, you're probably going to die from this. I don't want to hear that. But that's so hopeless what she was told. She was told, oh, just deal with it. Just live with it. It'll be fine. You're all good. Like, oh, good luck. Like, go about your day, daughter. You're all good. But it's just, it just doesn't sit well in my heart that she was told that. And and also, another thing I noticed from this is that this lady doesn't even have a name. This lady wasn't called like Amy or Alyssa or, or anything. They didn't even say, oh, sorry, like mm, your, your name. They just said, lady, you're sick. Deal with it, you know. She was, oh, oh, it just blows my mind that she was actually labeled by her problem. Like, I don't know what, what you've walked through, but like sometimes you might walk through a financial hardship and you don't say, hi, like I'm financial hardship. Hi, I, I, I'm, I, I'm so poor. Like I don't have a house. I don't have a car. My car's broken. You have all these issues in your life and you don't go around being like, I'm known for my issues. Like I don't want that labeled on my life, but this lady had no choice. She was known to be like, see that one over there? Yeah, their name's their name's Jane, their name's Chloe, you know. She was like, I bet you her, the people that knew her, they were like, see that one? Yeah, like don't go near her. Like she's, she's sick, she's got a problem, she's got an issue and like, well, let's just like forget about her. But I can't imagine what she would have felt in those times of like isolation and we're living in a time where, where we have a global pandemic and like we're stuck with all these isolations and I felt lonely in that one week of lockdown that we had and, and I could go to work. That was two days and I could have worked. So I only was locked down for five days. I was so bored and I had my family at home. I was so bored. I was thinking, oh, I'm never going to get out of this for five days. 
what a what a what a pity party that was though but this lady was 12 years like that she only she probably only went out if she needed to get like a doctor's appointment she only went out if she needed something because everyone knew that something was so wrong with her and it said it, it talks about in the um, book of Leviticus in chapter 15 it, it says when a woman is bleeding and I don't know how this lady was bleeding like I don't know what it would have looked like for her but I'm just going to assume uh, assume something that it says you're unclean when when you're bleeding, you know. It says even once a lady is finished on her menstrual period for the month, seven days after that, she's still deemed as unclean until she, she, she makes a sacrifice. And so I think this lady was living in a state of constantly being called unclean in her mind. She was like, I'm unclean, I'm hopeless, I've got nothing else to live for, like my identity is calling me unclean. Everything I hear, I'm unclean here, I'm unclean from this, my husband... I don't know if she was married. I'm going to assume she was married. My husband doesn't want to be near me for 12 years. My, my, my family doesn't want to know me because I'm unclean. It's, it's shameful. I'm, I'm embarrassed because of this. And, and she had nothing to, she couldn't do anything about it. She didn't have an option to be like, oh yeah, I can be unclean for two days. Then I'll go back to bleeding. I'll do everything in that time. No, this lady was living a life where she was unclean. So everywhere she touched, and you touched, you're unclean too. Everywhere she sat, and, and you then sat, you're unclean too. Everything about her was saying, you're worthless, you're unclean, you have an issue, you have a problem. And that is not how we have to live. I think it's such a great encouragement that as the church, as we're the church, as we have Jesus in our life, that we, if I hope if I was living in that time, I would have been like, I know my Jesus. I know my Jesus loves. I know I've had a touch from him already. I'm going to be her friend. I want to invite her out for lunch because I can pray with her and she can be renewed. She can be made fresh. I don't want to I don't want to see the lonely sitting by themselves because that was what this lady was. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I've just been lonely too. And and no one comes, no one comes knocking at the door with a present saying, "I love you, Claire. Like I hope you're going okay." No that doesn't happen but if we're the church we have to keep our eyes so open for people who are in isolation who are in lockdown because of their issues because of their problems so church I want to encourage you use this as your encouragement if you get nothing else today invite that friend who has shame because they're addicted to something invite that friend to church because it's the best place they can be for any area any season of their life it's the best place to be in the house of God surrounded with the church so I want to encourage you with that today. So she was living separation, living cut off. She was rejected, looked down upon. Everyone turned her away. They said, "Mm, good luck. Mm, Okay, bye. She would have tried everything. She would have tried the new diets, the, the new medicine that's just being released. They would have said, try this, try that. Change your life, change your lifestyle. But nothing was working. She was still hopeless. She was still bleeding. She still had her problem, her issues. And do you know what? In moments like this, the enemy loves that. He loves to speak over us everything like, you're the only one going through this. You're the only one that will ever go through this. You're stuck with this ruling over your life. It's, it's actually your identity now. Like, good luck, like, mm, bye. You know, he, he would have said to her, you're unclean, and she would have believed it. They would have said, your suffering's never going to end. Just stay hidden and like, just deal with it. There's nothing you can do. No one wants to help you, and you've got no money, nothing left. 
And you might be here today or or even joining us online and, and you feel like you're in a season of struggle, a season that is so tough for you and you don't see see the light at the end and it could be anything like you can't find a job that suits you, you feel like you're failing at everything you do or like in your heart you just feel like the struggle will never end and you're living living in all these toxic places and believing that no one actually cares about you but the truth is we don't have to live like that. Like that is not what God says about you. God knows you by name. He knows every single hair on your head. He knows every single thing in your heart. He knows everything about you. He made you, so He loves you. And, and I think that's, that's great news in itself that, that we have that in our lives, that we actually have a God who does care. Even if the world says He doesn't, He does. And That's another truth. If you can walk home with that today saying, I know that my God knows me. I know that my God hears me. My God loves me. Say that to yourself every morning because that's affirmations and people people are always saying that. I think that's a trendy thing right now. Say affirmations, but, but say it until you believe it in your heart. Speak it over your life because we could then be saying, yeah, you're right. Like I got a broken foot, can't go to work for for eight months, I don't know how long it takes to heal, but I'm just making up. But you could be hopeless and be like, "Mm, yeah, I am broken, I am hurting, I am in pain. Or you could say, no, I can still be used by God even though I have a sore foot. I can still be used by God even though I'm broken, even though I've got nothing. I can still be used by God despite any situation because God loves me and He called me. He calls you. He's got a great plan for your life. I wanna encourage you with that. Don't just settle for, for what's happening now. Keep your eyes on the future. Say, God, you're the God of my future. I'm gonna trust in you. So let that be your encouragement today as well. So God is with us through every single season of our life. And and the truth is that from one touch of Jesus, it can change everything. One encounter with Jesus can change everything forever. And I don't know about you, like I haven't been a Christian my whole life. I've grown up in a non-Christian home and, and like have divorced parents and you get all these labels put on you like, mm, you're just, mm, you have two houses, it's not a good thing. Or you, you forgot this, that one house, go to the other. That's not who I'm defined by. I'm defined by who God says I am. I'm a child of God. I have a future. I have a hope. I have a life ahead of me. And if anything, I can walk because I know that my God was with me through everything. So I want to encourage you with that, that one touch from Jesus can change everything. One touch can change your mind, can heal your heart, can heal anything in your life. The season of suffering might be long, but friends, it doesn't change the power of Jesus. It doesn't change who Jesus is. It doesn't change anything. So you might be here thinking it's been months or decades, but this lady had one touch from Jesus and in an instant, her life changed. In an instant, those identities, those, those bad words fell off her life like chains. She was free. So I, wanted, I, I thought, who was this lady listening to? So it actually matters who and what we listen to, you know. We can go home after church and watch, I don't know, bad MA15 plus shows on Netflix or watch all this stuff. And that's feeding into our minds, feeding into our hearts, feeding into our spirit and saying, oh, that's actually okay. You know, this is okay to do. So she went around everywhere to all the doctors, all the specialists. I'm not saying doctors are bad. Don't, don't worry. Doctors are great, but don't, Sometimes the doctors in our life aren't actually real doctors. They're our friends, you know. The doctors are, are our family and they're just saying, you know, things like, 
just 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 try this you know just try this to heal you just just do this because it's the only way you're going to feel good about what you're going through try this you know everything like that but it actually really matters who we listen to when we're not influenced in a positive way when we're not influenced by what the bible says by by what god says about us when when we're going to people i just think we go to people for advice who don't know jesus we're listening to fake wisdom we're listening to fools they don't know what they're doing they have a whole list of problems written out in a whole book saying oh i'm 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 poor i'm this i'm this i'm this everything they have a whole list and we still walk to them and say excuse me, can you please help me? I need wisdom. I need advice. We have to know where to go for, for our wisdom. We have to know where to go for, to seek advice. And godly advice, go to your pastors, go to your, go to your church community. Don't go just knocking at your neighbor's door saying, oh, oh I really, oh, I need you to heal me. What are they going to do? They don't even know Jesus. They don't even know him. So I was really just encouraged by this. So on the next screen, um, in just a moment, Ecclesiastes 2, it, it talks, I'll let you read it in your own time, but it, it, it says things like, come on, let's try pleasure. Look for the good things. That's just meaningless. Seek wisdom while clutching to foolishness. That's meaningless. Try to experience happiness while being in this brief life. That's foolishness. Build larger homes, plant vineyards, make gardens, fill parks with all kinds of trees. Buy slaves, buy men, women, own flocks. Buy more, get more money, collect gold and silver. Store all this stuff up. Um, become better than everybody else around you. Uh, don't deny yourself of any pleasure. And then it says, as I looked at everything I had accomplished, it was so meaningless, like chasing the wind. And I think that is so powerful. It says it was so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There's nothing you can walk to. There's nothing that I can physically do to feel better about myself. There's nothing that I can go and do to heal myself. The only place I need to go is to Jesus to be healed. So when we go to people for for for, our, for their wisdom and for their knowledge. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea. So I want to encourage you, if you're needing questions answered, go to people who know the answers. Don't go to little children. You don't ask a kid, tell me what's eight times four. You don't go to a little baby and ask them that. You go to someone who actually knows. If you have a problem, you go to someone who can help you. So I just want to say that don't look for this wisdom, this knowledge in places that are not going to have it. It's just going to ruin us. It's going to leave us worse off than we were when, than we started. So that's the thing, you know, when we listen to what others say who don't know Jesus, it just weighs us down even more. It, it creates problem, more problems that can't be solved. And it, it creates brokenness in every other area of our life. We're listening to fools who offer bad advice that does more damage. You know, we, we might go in and say, oh, I'm really sad today. Oh, come out with me, Claire, let's go. You know, sometimes that actually helps when you go out with someone or you hang out with people who are, are fueling your spirit, you know, they encouraging you. They're praying for you. But if I went to someone who's not a Christian, they said, let's go out and get drunk. Let's go out and, I don't know, do drugs. I don't know. Let's go out and let's let's do all this foolish stuff. That's not doing anything, you know. And I don't know the doctors in this lady's life, but they were probably, she was probably so overhearing them saying, we can't help you. Try this. There's nothing more we can do. Like just go and ask someone else. Like you're not my problem anymore, lady. You've been coming to me for 11 years. You're not my problem. But do you know one thing that changed her? 
I don't know what her prayer life looked like either. I want to imagine that she was praying, but or, or maybe someone slipped a little slip in her mailbox saying, Jesus is coming by tomorrow at two o'clock. Or, or maybe someone knocked on her door and said, oh, it's you? Just letting you know from all the way back here that Jesus is coming to town tomorrow. Like you want, I don't know if it will help you, you know. Like she, I hope that someone was evangelizing to her or, or, or being in contact with her, but I don't know. Anyway, this lady somehow heard that Jesus was coming to town. So she decided to go and see him. And it says in chapter 27, she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if only I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Now, I'm just going to be thinking, the night before, she was probably thinking, I don't, she could have either been thinking, oh, I don't know, like this is my last kind of chance, or I don't know, this Jesus can kind of do anything, like hopefully he can. But do you know what she probably did anyway? She came with an expectation that something was going to change in her life. She actually probably woke up in the morning and was like, okay, I can smell freedom. Like I can literally smell the healing. I can, I can feel already that something is going to change today. You know, she, she had an expectation. And I think when we come to church, when we come to events or, or when we want God to speak to us, we actually have to come with an uh, expectation that God is going to move. God is going to speak. That God is going to heal us from anything. God can change our life in a second. So when we come and we're like, oh, it would be great, but I don't know, like, mm, we'll see, you know. No, we have to be hungry with an expectation, with a desire to see a change. And I hope that that's what this lady did. It says this lady um, had faith that she would would be healed. She And do you know what also, another part that I've just noticed um, was the fact that this lady didn't just settle for, you know, being all the way at the back. Like she wasn't just like, oh, cool. Jesus is over there. Like, oh, awesome. No, she actually was like, I'm going to move close to Jesus. I'm going to push through the crowd. I'm going to make my way to him. And I just imagine it like Tunarama, you know, when there's feels like 10 billion trillion people. Yeah, what's that? But when there's a million billion people there and you're like, you can see your friend and you're like, oh, I've got to get there. And you're pushing your way through, like squeezing, like you just wish you were an ant or a fly to fly to them. This lady was probably like that. She was probably like, I can see Jesus. What do I do? Should I just like stay here and be like, mm, cool, I've seen him, that's all. No, she was like, I have a desire. If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can just touch Jesus, I will be healed. And I want to encourage you with this also, that when you start coming to church, when you start having a heart that's curious for, for, for God, don't just settle with the now. Like get excited for the future because I remember a time when I would come to church and I chose to come to church. I said, I wanna, I'm going to go to church. I want to be there. But then in my heart, I was like, God can't use me. God can't change my life. Like I'm stuck like this. I'm just probably going to be living like this forever. No, but then I, I remember I would literally sit in the back corner because I was like, God can, if, if God can move, like he can meet me here. Like I don't need to go to an altar call. I don't need to have hands laid on me. I don't need anything to change. Like I'll just, you know, 
sad and sorry, Claire. I'll just, oh, it's fine. No, but you know what? Then I started just having the desire, like I want to be prayed for. I want to receive prayer. I want to receive something more that I can't receive when I'm too far away. This lady barged her way to the front. She was like, get out of my way. I need this. I need this healing. And she touched his robe. She touched his robe. And it's not like Jesus didn't notice. Jesus was like, I felt something. I felt something. Someone's being healed. Like, who is it? And she had the faith again to be like, oh, it was me. She was on her knees. She was trembling, scared. He said, my daughter, your faith has made you well. My fa- your faith has made you well. I don't know about you. I want a faith that makes me well. I want a faith that makes my friends well. I want a faith that says, I don't care what anybody else says. I know who I am in God. I, I'm believing that my whole family can, can be saved. I'm believing my whole workplace can be saved. I'm believing every single issue in my life can be transformed, can be let go of because Jesus cares about me. Jesus wants to heal me. But sometimes it it, it takes us going towards Him. It takes us not settling for the now. It says, I'm, you know, I have this boldness. I have this desire. I want this now, God. I'm not waiting another week. I'm not waiting 12 more years to be healed. I want it now. I want it today. And so I want to encourage you, if there's something you're crying out for, get closer to Jesus. Lift your hands and pray. Like, get aggressive. Maybe you need to pray and fast. Maybe you need to do that yourself. Maybe you need to do things in your life that no nobody else can do for you because I can't make you grow faith. I can't give you my faith. I can't, I can't give you anything other than encouraging you to go home and doing it yourself, you know. It says this lady was changed in an instant, you know. This lady was changed in a second. Immediately the bleeding stopped. It wasn't oh, five minutes later or, 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 or 10 hours later, immediately the bleeding stopped. She could feel it in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. She didn't need to go back to the doctor and say, um, I think I've been healed. I'm not sure. Can you just like double check me, go over everything? Like she didn't need to go back. She knew that she was healed and she, she understood that. She took that on. She said, I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. This lady, she turned her desperation into an opportunity to meet with Jesus. She turned her, her, yeah, her desperation into a moment that changed her life forever. She turned an issue that she was living in into a testimony. And I don't know about you, but I want my problems, my hard seasons to, t- to come out the other side when I can be stronger and better, I can share it. I have no shame in sharing about who I am, what we've had to walk through. We can be encouraging because our testimonies are so powerful. What Jesus does in our life is so powerful. And you know what? It can actually save somebody else because they're hearing firsthand, God's changed my life. God's moved me. God's healed my heart. And you know, that's attractive. That's actually so attractive. So we can't be afraid and embarrassed like, oh yeah, like, oh, I'm so, I'm a Christian. Oh yeah, cool. Like, no, let's be bold about it. Let's take a stand. Let's actually say, Jesus, you are powerful. I know if you can move in my life, you can move in somebody else's. I believe that my little issue can be somebody else's um, way for them to meet with you because I know I'm so hungry for a desire that, that everyone has an opportunity to meet with Jesus. And do you know what? It actually starts with us. It starts with us, the church, not just in here, not just being like, I'm going to come to church with me. Cool, I'll drop you home after. But it's actually about saying, 
come to church, I'll pick you up. Let's go out for lunch. Let's build a community together because that is where it happens. That's the church outside of, the, outside of these walls. We have to be unashamed to share our story. Let's be unashamed to share what God's done in our life because one second with Jesus changes everything. One second with Jesus changes our eternity forever. So that... I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm running out of time. I've got one more minute. So, okay. I just want everyone to stand up. I, this is just in my, in my closing. So I just remember a couple of like days ago, I was just doing my devotion and I was just thinking, oh, I just need God to speak to me. Like what it, like, I wonder what it feels like to not like walk with Jesus, like, or, or if you feel like you've been walking with him your whole life. And I was just encouraged by this scripture. And it, it says, um, It says in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So I was really challenged with like the yoke that Jesus says like, Let's share the yoke together. And I, so I did a bit of research and it, and it talks about pulling the weight, you know, pulling the weight of life. Like maybe you're heavy, you're being a bit weighed down. But Jesus actually says, come, I want to bear the load with you. Come, I actually want to make your light walk. I don't want to see you weighed down and, and like literally every step you take, like you sink like a meter. Like, I don't want to see you like that. I want you to come to me. I want you to give me what you're carrying and I want to walk with you. When we choose to share the yoke with Jesus, we get to walk close to him. It's like, it's not like a, um, like a oh, handcuffs. Like it's not like a forced thing. It's actually a chosen like it's on you, it's on me. Let's walk together, Jesus. I want to walk by your side every single day. And so maybe you're here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus or maybe you feel like, oh, maybe I, I need to get, recommit my life to him. Maybe I need something new from Jesus. I just want you to close your eyes right now and, and we're just going to take a moment of, of us saying, Jesus, I want to be with you again. I, I want to be back in relationship with you again. So maybe you're here today and, and you need to do that. I want you to be bold like this lady was, having faith. And you can raise your hand or, or maybe you're going to say something in your heart today. But let, let's, let it be that. Let the burden be light because Jesus wants to walk with you. He wants to plow the ground with you. He wants to lead you every single day. So that's great. We're going to see a prayer on the screen in just a moment. And, and even if maybe no one's made that decision boldly today, we're going to still say this prayer together because there's power in prayer and we know that God still hears our prayers. So um, in one, two, three, we're going to all say it together. Um, and I want you to not just say this prayer, but believe it in your heart. Believe that when you walk with Jesus, that you will have a, a spring in your step, a, a new way of walking with him. So on one, two, three. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Let's just give a round of applause to anyone who maybe made that decision. And I will welcome up Pastor Rob now.